What's up, guys and girls? It's another episode of the River Blast Podcast. Glad you came along on the ride. Number 11, Paul Wayner episode. I think that's a good one, Alex. Big Poison. Big Poison. What number was Little Poison? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, we'll eventually stumble upon him. I mean, this really? one this one was a tough choice between Paul Wayner or Humberto Cota. Oh yeah. I mean, I I checked out the media directory today and uh like it, it kind of surprised me how recent this retired number is. I think this is the most recent one, isn't it? Is is it? I I don't know. It when was, was like it? 2000 Humberto Cota had the number. Oh, I mean, yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, so, so it's 2007-ish. And there's no way Paul Wayner was at that, right? No. There's, there's no way. No, he was dead. Yeah, when did he die? Before 2007. Oh, thoughts and prayers. In this very trying time. Yeah, years very later. trying time. And 11, 11 years ago, he they retired the number? 11. 11. This is going to be the number 11, 23. 11, make a wish. All right, so... While Alex looks up more weird conspiracies about the number 11, I'll continue He died on in 1965, so he missed it by just this much. Just a little bit. Um, so, Alex, we talked about, you know, 11-11, normally good luck. Uh team that's having bad luck is the Chicago Cubs because they're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, we're recording this right now um, about 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday night. And uh, right now the Pirates are tied six to six. They were trailing the Cubs at one point in this game. What six to one? Was it? Yeah, six to one. Six I guess. to one. And now it's all tied up. We don't know if the Pirates are going to win, but nonetheless, the Pirates are really making this team sweat. In the la- in the, in a series that when they entered it, they thought, okay, we're going to be popping some champagne eventually. Sometime mm-hmm. this this four game set. We're going to beat the Pirates, we're going to pop champagne, Joe Madden's going to be doing annoying things, and it's all going to be great. But the Pirates come in, they win the first two games thanks to great starts from, who was it, Tyone and uh, Archer. Archer, yeah. And then today, not a great outing from Nova, but the Bats really picking them up. So right now, like I said, we're recording it. Uh, while it's tied at six, we'll give you live score updates, even though you're going to be listening to this far after by the time the game's done. But... Alex, obviously it's good to see the Pirates one game away because that that Miami game got canceled. One game away from a winning season. But how much better would it be to get this winning season and cost the Cubs a division title? Do you remember at the beginning of Star Wars Episode Seven? whenever... Oh boy, we're really digging deep here. Whenever Poe is... I can't remember the old guy's name. I think it's play, he's played by Christopher Plummer because that's most of the sequel, you know, trilogy for me. It's like, oh, there's that actor instead of, you know, the character. But he hands him the drive. He's like, this will begin to make things right. And I feel like this is if the Pirates could somehow at least take three out of four, get the winning season and really screw over Chicago. And because at the time we're saying this, Milwaukee's technically tied for first place. As we're recording right now, yes. As we're recording at this very second. The Pirates could be the reason why the Cubs do not win the division this year. And they would have to go into a one-game playoff against either, most likely, the Dodgers or the Rockies. Dodgers have Clayton Kershaw, obviously. Rockies have Freeland. So, Cubs are going to be outgunned, pitching-wise. Yeah. Which is and they might not big. have a healthy are, Chris Bryant. They I are mean, potentially screwed. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Chicago right now. The fans are beating up, you know, people uh, of color in the uh, fan. Save that, save that, save that. All right, save that. All right I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> all right. Because there's a laundry list of things that are terrible with <laughs> Their Chicago pets heads right are falling now. off. It's dogs and cats living together. <laughs> End of times. But yes, it'd be nice to get win 81 in Chicago. Go Cubs, go. No Cubs, no. All right. So, yeah, but I, I completely agree. I think that that would be a nice exclamation point. And we talked about earlier, a couple episodes back, how this season's been a roller coaster ride. And the, what the Pirates needed to do, even if they weren't going to make the playoffs, was to end going up the hill. 
They need to end on a little dip, like the M- Millennium Force. You ever ride that at Cedar Point? Oh, I love that. Ride. Yeah, best roller coaster in the world. And it ends with a dip, and it takes you back up, and you end on a high note. And that's what the pirates need to do. They need to dip, go up, and just plateau off into the distance. And I like that, and I like... I think that that's... Leaving this season with a winning record, knowing that you eliminated the Cubs, and you have a lot of talent returning, is going to get fans excited for 2019, which is a big step forward compared to how we entered this year. Yeah, how apathetic everyone was. Exactly. People are going to care. Yeah, because I think, honestly, right now, if the Pirates, let's just say by some miracle, that the Pirates, even without Big Greg, had the number two wild card right now, and they were playing that game. They won one extra game a month. How would you feel going into that game with Tyon pitching? Whether it's in Milwaukee, whether it's in Chicago, heck, even if it's in Colorado. I think a lot of people would be like, the Pirates can win that game. I mean, they got... Even without Gregory Polanco, they could win that game. Very true. I think there's a lot of excitement with this team right now. Yes. Um, and seemingly, the as we transition to our next point here, um, not much negativity going on with the Pirates organization right now. Um, but there has been three really tough injuries in the month of September for this franchise to kind of be forced to deal with. First, you have Polanco forgetting how to slide. And that's going to cost the team nine months without him. Uh, not, you know, he's going to miss all the offseason, which if you're going to get hurt, I guess September's the time to do it, right? Especially when you're not going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, you never want to see a player get hurt, especially when it's gonna you're, they're going to be out this long. But, you know, there's a chance, a very good chance that Polanco's not going to be with the club for the first month, maybe two months of the season. That's the first injury. We already talked about that one. The second one, Chad Cool gets Tommy John. Or some other fancy surgery. That, it, it was Tommy John. Yeah, but yeah, they 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 had to just. They called it elbow surgery for so long. So mm-hmm. it's like, so Tommy John. We're yeah. not saying Tommy John. And then today, Edgar Santana gets Tommy John, or it's announced that he will need Tommy John surgery. So, I think hands down, Polanco is the biggest loss, just because Agreed. he's he's the power bat in this lineup. And when you take his bat out of the lineup, there is virtually no power at all. Maybe a little bit from Marte. Maybe Dickerson, if you catch him on the right week, once every other month. But for the most part, that's that's where they get their production in the middle of the order as far as home runs and runs batted in. However, Cool and Santana are no slouches when it comes to a loss. Cool uh, was a guy that someone... You could never have enough depth in pitching... And it looked like they were going to have that with the starting rotation. With the five they have that are absolutely dealing, Cool was showing a lot of promise this year. And, Alex, I know you particularly liked a lot of the stuff that he kind of added to his game in 2018. And then to see him go away, not to have that club in your bag, that's not good. And that's that's one thing. And then you lose a guy like Edgar Santana, who, in a year of many Pleasant surprises, especially in that bullpen. You can make the argument that Edgar's probably been the biggest pleasant surprise in that bullpen. And to not besides have Rich Rod, besides Rich Rod, but I think Edgar's been better than Rich Rod. I, I would disagree, but I'm not passionate enough to start a fight. About yeah, it. okay, yeah. I mean, it's one A, one B. But both of them, both of them, I think have good futures. But Edgar was a guy that I thought you could start grooming for even a higher role in this next season. And you don't like to see this with a young guy because not only is it going to kill a little bit of the momentum that he earned, but it might impede his progress just as a big leaguer altogether. So, Alex, which between Cool and Santana, which one's a bigger blow to the team? Which one's a bigger blow to the individual? Uh, I like that second part of the question right there. Well, that's why I asked it. That's Thank a good you. Question, uh, but yeah, before I answer, I want to just say one thing about Edgar. Last this time last year, nobody was thinking that highly of Edgar Santana, besides people who were just buying into you know the hype. Mm-hmm. I, for lack of a better comp, very Dovitas Navaraskis 
like at this point last I year thought, where it's I like, okay, like the kids got were, stuff, but it's not panning people out. People right were now. more pro Navaroskis than Santana, yeah. At this time last year. Yes, than Santana. And it might have had ninety percent to do with that he was from Greece. And he had the long He's last not from Greece. Or where is it? Lithuania. Lithuania, yeah. 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 Contos was from Greece. You're right. Whatever. We had yeah. we had the, the international all star bullpen last year. But yes. anyway. But in that regard, I think Santana took the biggest step forward out of like anyone in the bullpen, which I don't think anyone could really argue with. One of the most improved uh, relief pitchers, I think, in all of baseball. You could even take, make a case for that. That being said, I think losing him is going to mean more to the team next year. But I don't think it's extremely detrimental because I feel like any team that has a chance at competing should be looking for bullpen help in the offseason anyway. Mm-hmm. And this opens up, opens up a spot. It's a terrible way of looking at it, but the bullpen needs a lefty. I'm assuming that... I'm going based on the assumption that Brault and Kingham are going to both be in the bullpen next year, unless one of them gets traded or Brault gets optioned. Yeah. So I get another lefty in there. Like I keep saying the guy's name, but Jake Diekman would be a great fit. And there's a spot in the roster, don't have to do a whole lot for it, would be a good fit right there. But in terms of how much it would hurt his career, it's 100% Chad Cole. Because Mitch Keller is knocking on the doorstep for that number five job in the rotation. Mm-hmm. To take Nova's to spot. To take Nova's spot. Mm-hmm. And if Cole was healthy, the Pirates could just trade Nova, you know, and Cole has, you know, it's his job to lose Yeah, at that point. He doesn't have that anymore. There is a very good chance that by the time he's pitching again, you know, Mitch Keller is the number five pitcher in Pittsburgh, and he's a bullpen arm. And what you kind of said reminds me, here's an early segment he reminds me of, I feel like that same thing kind of happened to uh, Jeff Karstens. Yeah, not not to the extent, because I think a lot of people look at Cole and they say this guy would be a good Relief pitcher, if he just became fastball slider, yeah. occasional changeup, like he he might honestly profile better as a relief pitcher, mm-hmm. but you know you obviously want to be a starting pitcher. Oh yeah, and he's not gonna. I don't want to say not going it's to. It's pretty but much over now. There is a big mountain to climb if he's going to start another game for the Pittsburgh Pirates again. Yeah, and I think yeah, like like you said, it, the easier rehab would to be just make him a relief pitcher now. Yeah, I think it'd like be the, just like a quicker the, road back. Diamondbacks did with Daniel Hudson. Yeah, just you're a reliever now. Focus on two pitches. Go out there. Give us a seventh inning. And he's someone that, I mean, if their bullpen's full, they could probably trade him and get something for him. That being said, I could see him being like a right-handed Miller or a Batanzas type, you know, the guy who can go two innings. Yeah. Which I think's fair. That's sometimes that's just as valuable as a, you know, number four starting pitcher. Speaking of guys who go two innings, we're going to transition now to our third uh, point of what's going recent. A guy who went two innings far too often in his first month as a Pittsburgh Pirate, Chris Archer, is now pitching well. Nice of you to join us, Christopher. It's good to see you finally show up to the party in September. Chris Archer is that guy who shows up to the bar at 1.30 because uh, it's almost they're, they're, the lights are about to be turned on. They're yelling last call and closing time's playing in the background. And Archer's that guy who's walking in saying, hey guys, drinks on me. Alex, what the hell? Where, where's this guy been? <laughs> I, first of all, I want my starting pitcher to go at least two innings. He went all, over two every time. Come on. Ugh, not much further. That wasn't a good transition. Not much further. You had a good question, a bad transition. You're one for two tonight. All right. I'm keeping track. This That's is your baseball. batting average. That's baseball, though. You're an all-star still. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, it would be so nice. He's got one more start scheduled. He's going the finale in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He's had three starts this month where he's gone at least six innings pitched, and he allowed zero or one run. It'd be so nice just to get that one more. 270 ERA in September. Yeah. Uh, four quality starts out of his five starts. It's good. It's a good sample. It'd be nice for him to have one more strong start and be like, you know what, August, maybe he wasn't 100%. He was getting used to a new team, whatever. Look good in September. He's a top three guy in the rotation next year. No questions asked. That would be really, really nice to just build up that head of steam going into the offseason, to build that confidence. 
It, it's he looks good. Yeah, it, I mean. Even whenever he was getting strikeouts in August, I saw a lot of hanging sliders. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing nearly as many now. Yeah, I mean, you made like a reference to like Star Wars. I'm not going to make like a specific movie reference here, but like this is seeing Archer finish strong here. It's kind of like that character who had so many internal demons and now he's just finally like at peace. And like that's kind of like what you're seeing with him in this last month of the season. Like, good for him. He's <laughs> He's dealing with it now. No, it's like, Whenever there's the nerdy girl in like the '80s movies, and then she takes off her glasses and pulls down her hair, it's like, oh my goodness, and she's dreadlocks, and he's a three-time all-star. Yeah, okay, but it's like that. But we <laughs> thought it was a gorgeous girl coming in, and then it turned out to be the really nerdy <laughs> approach. Oh no, she is gorgeous. It's uh, all yeah. right. All right, all right. So Archer, yeah, Archer, very good. You like to see that. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot going on with the Pirates right now. Uh, but our next segment here, well, not segment, our next that's our that's part everyone's of, favorite part. Yeah, of the we're show. not gonna we're not gonna jump that far. So coming up next, we have a special guest joining us to talk about postseason gambling. It's Anthony Jaskolski, and he's gonna be giving us all some tips before the MLB playoffs start. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, we got a special guest on the phone with us today. It is Anthony Jaskowski. I said that right, correct? Yep. Okay, just wanted to make sure. All right, but yeah, of of Pittsburgh... Sports Report? Pittsburgh Sports Report and Horse Racing Nation. Yeah, I was so... Our cohort of mine. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I... I was so focused on the last name, I forgot his credentials. But a guy that, uh, like myself, uh, probably even, or not probably, definitely more than me, likes to pay attention to the spread a little bit on games. Uh, So, Anthony, first off, how's it going? Uh, It's going great. Uh, Just got done with the pens tonight. So, busy night. But, uh, yes, absolutely. I am uh, a diehard when it comes to that little number they put next to each team. Well, that's good. And uh, so... Alex actually recommended you uh, for an interview here. I didn't. I didn't know that Alex had the gambling itch. I don't think he does. But um, all right. Well, there we go. So we have an interesting time in gambling for baseball coming up. I know that. I think the two big times for baseball gambling are the first month of the season on opening day when everyone's just excited to see the games being played and then obviously the postseason, especially in the divisional round where you have baseball going on nonstop. and um, the World Series odds came out today. Did you happen to check out the odds for the teams? I did. Uh, well, you know, the odds have been, they've been up for a while, but they, um, it seems like now you know, it's it's kind of narrowed down to where, um, you know, to where if people want to start making a practical choice, you know, you got everybody eliminated. So uh, Red Sox, they're still where they're supposed to be at three to one at most books right now. I think mm-hmm. FanDuel is offering them at the best of three and a half to one. Uh, that's the new sports book in New Jersey. Um, but it goes all the way down to the Brewers. They're uh, last number of 20 to 1 right now. So it's narrowed down. You know, I don't think you're getting your best odds right now, mm-hmm. um, especially with the Indians. I mean, you could have gotten the Indians at, a, at 18 to 1, I'd say, about a month and a half ago when they already had a division locked up. You know, they're a 10 to 1 right now, but I mean, 18 to 1, I think that's absurd with the lineup and a, uh, a pitching staff like that. And that that kind of was going to be something I was going to bring up to you later, but we'll bring it in. We'll bring it up now. Um, I think what came out today they were plus eight hundred, eight to one. Um, I still feel like that's even a little high. I mean, that's that's a bet you got to jump on, right? I would say that there, when you look at the field, considering the talent and the legitimate opportunity to win the World Series, that's probably the smartest bet to make. No, uh, value wise, absolutely, because. They're going to jockey themselves into a good spot in the DS. Um, I, I think that they, in a five-game series, I think that they hold the advantage over um, 
that they're probably going to end up getting. Houston. I, I, I get nervous. I get nervous to see them in the championship series. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that being said, with that pitching staff, with that lineup, the way it's hitting, right, the way they're hitting right now, even with that bullpen, yeah, um, they have a complete team. And that's saying that I don't know what that's saying because I, the American League uh, is just boasting nothing but complete teams. You know, I, I think it's I think you have five teams there. Yeah, you have pretty much all five teams there that absolutely have potential to not just win the World Series but absolutely destroy all, all in route. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But you know, given all that, yeah, Cleveland's one of them. And Cleveland has the best number right now in front of them. So I would absolutely rather invest 10 or 12 to 1 on Cleveland as opposed to just 3 to 1 on the Red Sox when I really think they got maybe not just as good of a chance, but pretty damn close. All right. So I think everyone would agree that the real sexy teams are in the American League. But in the NL, what do you think is the bet there? Because someone's got to come out of there. Right now. Well, Alex, you, you, I'm sure you're uh, familiar with me hyping them up when we were sitting in the press box PNC Park last week. And I still like the Rockies. And look at them. Look what they did. They put themselves into that wild card spot right now. Still could take that division. They just don't stop winning. And I would absolutely love to jump on a team that's sitting there, I believe, at 18 to 1. They were plus 3,500 today. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at it wrong. Yeah. Twenty to one. Braves. Yeah, there you go. Thirty five to one. Oh my goodness! Would I jump all over that? Now to win the NL pennant, uh, that's twenty. Mm-hmm. Much rather take and take the uh, pennant. That's my team that I got going to the World Series. I keep hyping them up. I just love the way that they're playing right now. I mean, they're playing like they have nothing to lose. And that's the kind of team that you're going to want coming out of the NL. But I mean, in all fairness, they don't have Clint Hurdle as their manager, so they can't they can't reach the World Series, right? But they've got Matt Holiday, and he doesn't have to touch home plate. Oh, there we go. You know what? The, the problem is they don't have Clint Barmas. Oh. He was the nucleus that really brought that team together. Him and Josh Fogg. You know, Jeez, oh man, oh. yikes! So it kind of burns me that those two guys out there that just really, you know, be the linchpin of success. But I think they can get away with it. I'm telling you right now, you're you're hearing it right now from this voice. Um, Colorado in the World Series. All right. Well, that's certainly uh, a strong take to to give out right now. But uh, I mean, I, I like it. So you talked about the. I mean, they're statistically. Came into today with the best or the highest number, um, but the favorite in the NL was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you agree with that, uh, or do you think it should have been Chicago? Well, um, the Dodgers are and always will be paper champions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, hey, the Nationals are paper champions for how long too? Until the Dodgers actually get somewhere and you know i also had this conversation with you alex you know i now last year excluded i clayton kershaw just doesn't blow my mind in october i don't want to say he's pedestrian he's never pedestrian but has he ever done anything other than last year to really you know uh arouse you in any way to want to to want to have to take the dodgers i just don't have uh i I just never have faith in that and and especially I mean, yeah, they have a lineup that can absolutely destroy every team in the NL. And they're favorites for a reason because, like I said, on paper, they have what it takes to put it all together. Um, I'm not a big fan of the back end of their bullpen right now. I'm not that hyped up on the back end of their rotation. And, you know, all it takes is a couple cold nights swinging, and, hey, they're going back to what they're, we're used to seeing them do. Not win World Series. All right, so we talked about the World Series here. I'm going to go a little bit off the cuff here. Um, looking at where we're going to have these wild card games, uh, it's looking like it's going to be Milwaukee and New York. Um, tell me why I shouldn't bet the over in both it, it, of these games. It could be Chicago also. Yeah. They're only a half game up. Okay, but let's if it season ends today, 
It's going to be in Milwaukee. It's going to be in New York. Tell me why I shouldn't bet the over in these one-game playoffs where last year both of the overs hit in in the wild card games. Uh, why shouldn't I do that again? Why shouldn't you do that again? Let's see. Well, well, why should trend... you? Well, the trend's two out of three, uh, but I don't like to follow trends on... on um... I really don't like to follow trends when it comes to especially a one-game winner-take-all postseason event. But um, I, it's tough to say. It's it's tough to absolutely say what you're because you know your line's going to be 7.5 to 8. It mm-hmm. usually always ends up being 7.5 to 8. It doesn't really matter who's pitching. Mm-hmm. That's where you always get set up. That Everybody plays really tight and almost too tight. Uh, I don't think you're going to have a Yabaldo uh, Jimenez situation or, where uh, you know you play so tight that you, you you completely blow it with a gas can like that. But you know, oftentimes you get managers making uh, knee jerk decisions that cost their team usually in the uh, in the way of a home run or you know big late run. So you know what I would do, and this seems to happen a lot. And actually, I looked this number up, and it's almost at. 71%. Now, this is the last four uh, wild card games. It was 71% where if you catch a live, now, of course, live betting is when you can jump in inning through inning. But if you catch it at the sixth inning, it goes over. Now, that's usually a total of you're probably clipping about two and a half to three and a half runs. And you're always, almost all, you're, three out of four times, you're getting it hitting over. Hmm. So think about that number. You know, a lot of times people, it's tough to just, uh, a lot of people, it's tough for them just to jump in conventional and, you know, bet a nine-inning game. It's, it's tough for everybody, especially when it's not a fluid sport. But the, the very popular thing to do, especially in the postseason for playoffs, is uh, live betting. And I think that that's, that's one of your more practical bets. I would jump in late, I you know, when, 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 decision-making gets as tight as it can be where, uh, you know, it seems like everything's being micromanaged over and over again, because that always turns into somebody making a big mistake. And it always comes around sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth. But I don't want to convince you either way on the, until we finally get um, to see where they're playing. I guess the AL were almost set up. I mean, we either know it's going to be Yankee stadium or in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But I, I don't want to jump into it yet until we see starters, until we see um, what ballpark we're playing in. But I would definitely expect to see that number at seven and a half to eight runs on both sides. All right. So we're going to finish this off with some awards talk. Uh, do you have the odds in front of you, or do you want me just to list off the top three for both? Uh, I actually just retweeted that out, but yeah, oh. go ahead. I have to uh, catch that again. But yeah, AL NL MVP. That's uh, yeah. Right now for for MVP for the NL, it's Baez at one hundred and five, Yelich at plus one thirty five, and Arenado at plus four hundred. Uh-huh. And in the AL, it's Betts minus two forty, Trout plus three seventy five, and JD Martinez at plus four fifty. I think the Martinez is a sucker's bet, but yes, I do too. I do. That's just going after, you know, for fans who think that voters still go value old school stats. Mm-hmm. Because if you are looking at, like, triple cr- triple crown, it's like, oh, absolutely. But he doesn't play defense. He doesn't do anything else that, you know, Trout or Betts does. It has mm-hmm. to be one of those two, right? He's not a five-fold guy. No, he's not. Yeah, absolutely not. And isn't that what the uh, MVP entails? Somebody who can do it all? It's what it's supposed to be. Yep. It's supposed to be. Um... Hmm. I'd say uh, I definitely like Yelich on the uh, NL side. You convinced me on that one, Alex. Oh, I, for I, sure. I agree, too. Yeah, I think I think he's I, got that locked up. I think he's the favorite, but if you could get good odds for DeGrom, I... I'll say this. If if the Brewers end up winning the Central, I'll bet my student loan payments on Yelich to win the MVP. Oh, yeah. If the Brewers win the World Series, or counterpoint, if the Cubs win the World Series, Baez gets it, probably. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, yeah, but uh, that's, you know what, it, it, and it does come down, and I hate that it has to come down to that. It shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, it, should, it shouldn't have to be like that. Uh, the, 
Yeah, I think if you know, I think as long as the Brewers get into the playoffs, I think it's his. I, I think it's Yelich's. And I mean that's a tough stretch. Well, I mean with with the with the Cardinals struggling, it's going to be the Brewers and the Rockies. I, I think in the in the wild card. I don't think that's such a bold statement at this point. But um, as long as they get in, I think he's got uh, he's got that. I mean the guy's just killing it right now. Yeah, he's absolutely white hot. And you know what? I was kind of feeling the same way about. Matty Carpenter, but I mean, for one, we're not going to. I don't think we're seeing the Cardinals in the in, in the playoffs. So that kind of eliminates them already. He's telling off just a bit. Then you got a guy that's uh, <laughs> I don't thirty three home runs, hundred and four RBIs, even twenty one stolen bases. That's uh, well, those numbers speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah, and it's it's a lot of it's been in uh, the second half too when it's counted the most. So I think that's what's gonna. It's throw. counted the same. It's just recency bias. Okay, well, uh, it's pressure on the head. Well, yeah, you don't know how they're gonna how they swing well, that vote away, but I mean it's been consistent with him though. You look at how all other sporting awards are given out. Like the Heisman Trophy always goes to the player who has the best last six weeks because of the season. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. Alex. That's what I'm saying is like, I mean, Carpenter and Yelich, to me, I think Baez has been consistent throughout the whole year, probably the most consistent out of all of them, him and Aaron Otto, I guess. But Yelich and Carpenter have had the best second halves, not only in the National League, but in all of baseball. And uh, I think Yelich will out, you know, outdo Carpenter because his team's going to be in the postseason. So, oh, go ahead. I, I agree with you on that side, and I think that that I think you got two shoe-ins. because I don't think Mookie Betts in this world or the next is going to lose on the AL MVP. Yeah, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're paying. I think I, I think it's at Bovada is where I was looking at. You're paying two hundred thirty-five dollars to win a hundred on Mookie to take the. Now, AL. my only concern with Mookie would be: Do you think? Old school people are gonna end up taking his votes away because they're gonna vote for Martinez. When you have two guys in the top three candidates, will one of them take votes away from the other? Do you see that happening this year? I think that that's. Let's go back to five tool play. Mookie Betts is a much better outfield. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a much better uh, uh, positional player, right field. Um, and not just that, but the guy's batting, what is it, 343 now? He's batting 343 still. He's 32 home runs, you know, 80 RBIs, 29 stolen bases. My goodness. 639 slugging percentage. He's put up outrageous numbers, and especially for a team, in this Red, especially with this Red Sox team, with that lineup, and what he's seeing right now, what, what kind of pitches he's seeing. Uh no, I don't think well, JD sitting at five to one. I don't think that. I go back to what Alex said. That's a sucker's bet. I, I think him and Jose Ramirez at five to one. I think Jose Altuve at ten to one. I think that's all sucker bets. I think that that's going to chase a lot of people. Um, a lot of people are going to chase numbers like that because they see quote unquote value. But there's a difference between value and uh, and, and, and being sold on something that's. That, that that's just not gonna pave the way. Mookie's minus two thirty five for a reason. Not a lot of people are, uh, I'm sure, are betting on that number either. And yet that number's still staying where it's at. That speaks volumes to itself too. You're gonna have to pay heavier juice, sure, but that's the practical pick. No, I don't think JD Martinez is going to impede with that whatsoever. What Mookie Betts is putting up is numbers that you're not getting in all of baseball. All right, Anthony, that's uh, that's all we got for you, man. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Anthony Jazz, like the music, J-A-Z-Z. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be, I post pics and uh, do all kinds of good stuff betting-wise on there. All right, well, since since you're the pro, I need you to check out. I've been posting my picks, hashtag Noah's No Doubters, and uh, not doing great in the NFL, uh, but college football, I'm doing all right. So uh, I'll probably still take your picks. I listen when you're on the radio and everything, and I we really we both really appreciate you coming on and talking to us, man.
Hey, man, you know what? You're probably doing better than me. I have hit an absolute cold streak <laughs> the last two weeks on the gridiron, man. <laughs> it's been awful. Well, uh, we're... I'm going to have to start saving my picks, I think. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to make it all back in postseason baseball, right? Hey, that's the idea. You know, this is this is the chance. This is the opportunity. I'm telling everybody right now, Colorado Rockies are buzzed. Some people call it the postseason. We call it double down season. Double down season, buddy. All right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you later, my man. Hey, anytime. All right. Hey, before we go to segments, uh, just some quick house cleaning stuff that we have to do. Right around here. Uh, Noah and I are going to be moving this podcast to a monthly podcast starting next week. We're still going to have an episode next week, so if you want to pretend that's you know still weekly, that's good. But, you know, it's the off season. There's not going to be a whole lot of storylines. We have other things to do. It's better for us, we think, just to go monthly until next season gets started. Uh, but we will be here every month. We'll have an interview every month. It's not going to be like this you know, couple of these last couple episodes where we were just winging you know, a longer segment in place of an interview and again thanks to anthony for joining us right now but we think that's probably the best going forward at least for now yeah and on top of what alex said uh because it's monthly you can expect better guests yeah i think we're we're gonna work we're gonna go bigger yeah we're gonna work to get you know um some bigger names on here i think we've done okay with our guests so far yeah. i think anthony you know did a really good job anthony uh, jared had great yeah the prospects. i mean chris I mean, mack obviously uh nate great stuff yeah also. so but yeah we're gonna look to get you know bigger de- uh bigger guests and we can go a little bit more into detail yeah. uh you know with the off season and everything but like alex said there's not gonna be much to talk about and if there is yeah if there if there's is a, if there's a big trade like a chris archer type off season move yeah you better believe that we'll be here and yeah, we'll have and, something on top of it but just planning for once a month I yeah think is and a better we plan we right can now. do more than once a month if we if we want to or need to but yeah it's just you know how it works so uh sorry if that disappoints anyone i feel like most people can understand that but we wanted to get it out and let you guys know with the season, you know, coming to an end. Our season never ends, but it certainly slows down. But that's enough about us. Now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, segments. Enjoy. All right, Alex, everyone's favorite part of the show, segment time, and you know how we started off, buy, sell, trade. You want to go first yeah, First I'm, this time? Yeah, I'm going to start off. All right, go ahead. Uh, what I'm buying is Jamison Tyon and Trevor Williams is my young one-two punch Ooh. for years to come. I did Years some, to come, he says. Years to come. Okay. I, I know there's Archer in the mix there. Yes. And he's obviously supposed to be the ace or the number two or whatever. And if we're talking years to come, we're also talking about Mitch Keller. Mitch the color, but I'm really buying Trevor and Tyon mm-hmm. because I did some look looking around. They both have an ERA plus over 120 and have made 30 starts this year. Okay, I looked in Pirates history to find how many times two teammates did that. And over the last 90 years, only four other teammates have done it. And we're talking like Bob Friend and Vernon Law type of deals, Candelaria and Jim Rooker. I mean, it's really great company. I've seen great strides out of both of them in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. I don't know how you can't be excited about these two young men. I'm buying them as my unofficial one-two punch for years to come. What I'm selling is Fan Appreciation Day at PNC Park. Yes. Because you told me about this. How your dad was in St. Louis for their Fan Appreciation Day, mm-hmm. and they give everyone in attendance a ticket for 2019. He said as soon as you walk through the gate, you got a voucher for a ticket in 2019. And that's for a team that, quote-unquote, sells out all the time. Yeah, well, that might be why. But still, that's a good way to show that you're appreciated. And that's, they're I mean, not the going Pirates, to... The way the Pirates do it is they have, uh, you know, one... Person's gonna get this Apple Watch, and one person's gonna get this, and some of the prizes end up getting ridiculous. Like one person got a twenty-five dollar Giant Eagle, nor a Eaton Park gift card, and the next guy got a five hundred dollar Giant Eagle gift card. Yeah, and then the next day, like someone got a one hundred dollar Giant Eagle gift card. Yeah. It's like, come on. Well, here's I got my thing. Also, bucks for this. The, 
the Pirates should be giving out bigger rewards because they have big rewards. They, I mean, they I do. want I want quantity over quality. I want everyone to get well, something. I mean, there's enough incentive to go to that game in St. Louis because it's between two teams that are still fighting for the postseason. You know, whereas if you aren't a diehard Pirates fan and if you you know, don't already have tickets to the game, what reason would you have? I guess the Steelers were playing Monday night. So, you know, if, you, if you're if you not like an NFL fan, then yeah, and you want to watch baseball, what? that's fine. But, you know, like the Pirates are eliminated. So I don't see why. They weren't eliminated at the time of the game. Oh, uh, I guess they, they weren't. So there you go. But my point being, it there was a lot more incentive for the Cardinals to have their fans just show up and watch baseball, yet they can still give out better prizes to everyone. The Pirates just said, like, the, they had the third biggest drop in attendance in franchise history yep. this year. I feel like that should be enough incentive for everyone who gets in here. Grab handful of ticket vouchers. Just get people into the ballpark again. All right. Uh, and what's your trade? In my trade, I, I just said, but Tyon, I'm trading his start, his last start of the year. You're done? I'm done. Good season, great job. Shower, get ready for 2019. Absolutely no reason to send him out there for that last start. What if they haven't gotten 181 yet? <sighs> you got to put him out there. No, no, not even for 81. In the grand scheme, I know it's a moral victory to be 81 and 80 instead no, of 80 I... and 81. But I am, even if it's absolutely remote that there is a chance that this could affect Tyon, it's he has nothing to pitch for. Great, great season. He's thrown by far the most innings this year than he's ever done in the past. Just, just shower. See, Good year. if it was any other guy, or if he does start, he's going through the rotation. He's going through the lineup once, five innings, absolute max. If it was any other guy, I would agree with this. But Jamison Tyone, time in and time out, proves that the, I think he wants to win more than anyone else on that team. And I'm not saying that 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 the Pirates roster is full of a whole bunch of guys who don't care. I just think Jamison Tyone is a different level of competitor. You see it when he's out there on the mound. He's not someone who's really animated, but he just really wants to win. He gets upset when he gets taken out. And he talked about, you know, to Beer Temple, what we talked about last show, how he still values the stat wins. And he's like, yeah, it's not a good indicator, but... It's what we're trying to do, is give our team a chance to win. And if there's one player, one person, who cares a lot about this team finishing with 81 wins or more this year, it is J-Mo. And that's why I would start him. If 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 they don't have win number 81. Now, like I said, we're recording this Wednesday night. The Pirates are in extra innings with the Cubs right now. If they end up pulling this one out, then I agree with you. But... If they still haven't got win number 81, I want J-Mo on the mound, partially because I want him to earn number one, 81. And maybe so he could throw it back in the face of some people who said he was the biggest bust of the season or, you know, he, he wasn't oh, that. blast from the past. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and that's the thing. Because there have been some haters for him, and he's kind of already shoved it back in their face, but this would be the excl exclamation point. That's why I want him on the mound. You know what? I'm surprised you didn't bring up. What? You, you touched on wins. You didn't bring up that I'm basically robbing the kid of a chance of a 15-win season. Yeah. I mean, that too. And that's probably in his contract somewhere. No, he's pre-arb. He doesn't have a contract Oh, that's yet. true. All right. So my buy-sell trade. I am buying more players uh, five foot ten or under. It has been a good month of September for the short guys. You saw Josh Harrison got that big ovation uh, on Sunday. Touching moment. Um, a player... I, Hands down, the guy I'm uh, closest to in the clubhouse. Uh, we, we would talk NBA. Any chance I that not even I got to talk to him, anytime he saw me standing around doing nothing in the clubhouse, he came up and talked to me. And as someone who grew up as a big Josh Harrison fan by the way he played the game, Cubs beat the Pirates 7-6. <sighs> J-Mo starting. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Still um, got two games. All right, so... But yeah, it was cool to see Josh get that ovation and, you know, him and Jordy both getting that recognition. But Josh Harrison gets honored. Everyone, you know, gives him the appreciation for the player that he was. And then the Pirates' two best players in the second half. I said the second half, Alex. Pablo Reyes and Adam Frazier. He just showed up. And he has been electric. No. So give me more guys under five foot ten. Give me, you know, Jose Altuve. 
Altuve, if we can trade for him, get him. Uh, that was just the only short player that came to my mind right then and there. Of course, everyone would want him. Um, but get, reincarnate. We give really me Samfold. Give me um, <laughs> who other? What other? Reed Johnson. I want. Uh, all the short Juan players. Pierre, give me all the short guys. Pokey Reese is coming out of retirement. Is Pokey Reese short? I feel like I that's a short he's... guy's name, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a very short guy's name. Give me. All right, now I'm Googling. All right, yeah. Well, Alex looks that up. I'm going to go to my cell. And Alex, hang on. You know what I'm selling? Hmm. Fighting in the bleachers. There's no fighting in the bleachers. If you guys didn't see, there was a brawl in the Wrigley Field bleachers uh, just a couple days ago, and some would say the Pirates started it. Not really, but, you know, you get the Chicago people upset, you never know what's going to go down. And Alex hinted at it a little bit earlier, uh, there were some, you know, less than ideal circumstances that led to this brawl, however, my favorite part of this whole video is about one minute in, this guy who has nothing to do with either crowd fighting just runs up to them and he's just screaming, There's no fighting in the bleachers! 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 But yeah, I mean, that guy, that guy right there, I mean, there's already been t-shirts made about this, like Barstool has them so selling them already. There's no fighting in the bleachers. And if I was a Cubs fan, I'd jump all over that. That guy's my mascot. He is the opposite of the Billy Goat or the Black Cat. This is their good luck charm. This is something that you need to rally behind. This is a diehard fan. He looks at Wrigley Field as his temple, his sanctuary, his whatever it is. And <laughs> like fighting in the Wrigley bleachers to him would be like throwing a sucker punch uh, at the at, you know at the communion, and, and like it was it was. You saw the video, right? I, I saw the video. I didn't watch it all the way through. I didn't know about the there's no fighting in the bleachers. Oh, my God. I didn't get that far through. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to hear it here. I already put the audio in. So okay. It's it's fantastic. There's no fighting in the bleachers. I would make, you know, how old Wrigley? 105 years old now? 104? Yeah, it was 19, or, yeah, 1914 was when it opened. So 104 years old. I'd imagine that that was probably not the first fight in those bleachers. In my trade... My trade is, since this game on October 1st was canceled, I have a proposition to make to the Pirates organization. I know a group of people who will willingly play a game at PNC Park, and it is the people who, at a young age, discovered they were no longer, or they were never going to be able to be good enough to play the game, so they decided to write about the game, or go into broadcasting about the game. I'm talking about the media. Let's have a media home run derby on October 1st. I'm calling on, I'm calling to you, Mr. Nutting, or Mr. Coonley. Give us this field, not us. I'm not participating in it. Uh, I already made the bracket. Alex, I want you to tell me who's winning this. Uh, okay. Number one seed versus number eight seed, I have Rob Beer Temple versus Chris Mack. And Chris is the one. No, Chris is the eight. Chris is the eight. I had to give him the eight because he's not he's not a day to day guy anymore. Oh, he left okay. us morning show. I'm I'm taking Chris there over Beer Temple. Over Beer Temple. I feel like Beer Temple's got like a Willie Stargell thing going on. I could see <laughs> him right, going up right, there. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with the scrapper. All right, now we got the skinny division next. The lightweight division. Uh, two seed Adam Barry versus seven seed Joe Block. I uh, I'll go with Joe. Uh, Joe strikes like Adam, me as the type of guy who has really good fundamentals. Uh, you know, like I feel you like see this him would be in a the park, and he's just ripping them right. This back. would be an inside the park home run derby, and <laughs> <laughs> I would go with Adam Barry. Um, three seed versus six seed. This is my favorite matchup, probably out of all of them. Bill Brink versus Jerry DePaula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bill. Yeah, yeah. I think Bill might be the only person on here who probably could hit a home run out of PNC. I think I could, I'm being honest. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I know. I, I In high school, I could have, yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, get... the high school fields that like you play I've... on in Western Pennsylvania, the corners are longer than PNC. I've got Left like, field. family, friends, and we just throw batting practice to each other, you know, like two mm -hmm. or three times a year. And the field that we have, like... Down the line is 240. Yeah. 
240. And I really was going after it, and I ripped it with everything I've ever had. Probably the best <laughs> contact I've ever made on a ball, and it, scra- it scraped the back of the wall at 240. Well, yeah, my, Home yeah. run, I don't have the extra 85 feet in me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, I'd have it now. I would but... lose this home run derby. Okay. And then my last my last matchup is um, Greg Brown versus uh, Lance Lazinski or something. Was that from uh, DK I'm going to go, go with Brown brownie there and he's gonna ban the dh while he's doing it okay so and before just to end the bracket i'm, I'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with mac i think chris mac chris mac yeah okay. i'm gonna give some love to the baldwin grad uh see i'm gonna go my winner you know what i already said he's gonna lose in the first round but i i would really like to see jerry DePaula come out and win this one um but no i'll probably go with um Bill Brink would be my guess. Bill's probably the safe bet. Yeah, Bill Brink. All right, so yeah, that's my buy sell trade. Um, Alex, you got a you got a new segment for us? Oh, it's the second time we've done this segment. Okay, what do you? But got? with a different name. Okay. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I did. Uh, I found some old players, and I said, were they old pirates or were they uh, characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. or not Cinematic Universe, but just Marvel Karmic Universe? Uh, I had to dig some old players again, came up with a couple names, and the theme is, are these former pirates, or are these TV sitcom nerds? Okay. I'm interested. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, the first guy is Cliff Clavin. That's a sitcom nerd. Yes. What show? Cheers. Oh, okay. Did you watch Cheers at all? Uh, the first two episodes. And that's I- like, that's a terrible... <laughs> gauge of what cheers is no i mean i know i'm familiar with like how popular it was it's just like i couldn't it's a good show it was just too old looking i couldn't get into it it's an it's an 80s show yeah all right norm norm all right stuart minkus (laughs) i don't know but (laughs) i hope he's a pirate because i would love that jersey is it pirate nope oh who is he what show boy meets world Oh man, Minkus! This is where the is age. This is where the age divide between us is really gonna hurt me because like, I didn't watch Boy Meets World. All right, here's the deal: I never watched Boy Meets World until a couple years ago. I went up to New York to hang out with a friend, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, you ever watch Boy Meets World?" I'm like, "No," because you know I'm twenty something. I haven't. It's like, "No, no, no." Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna get real drunk and we're gonna watch Boy Meets World. And we watched the whole first season. I haven't watched it since, but that was a fun first season. I'll give Boy Meets World that. And Minkus was in it. Uh, all right, next. Minkus is my spirit animal. Uh, Rimp Lanier. All right, this is a baseball player. Yes. Rimp Lanier. Yes, Rimp Lanier. When did he play? 1971. Had a whole four at-bats in his major league career. I just like the name. Did he get a ring? I, I probably did. I'd 1971 Pirates. All right. Yeah. Ask Blass about him next time you see him. Al zero chance he remembers. Yeah, who that is. Al McBean. Al McBean. That's a baseball player. You're three for four, man. Yeah, look at that. Three for four. Yeah, pitching the '60s for the Pirates. All right, Dave Wickersham. Hmm. That's a character. No. Ah, uh, dang it. Nope. Nope. Right-handed pitcher from 1968. All right, two more, two more. All right. You're down 3-2. You can still win this. I'm winning 3-2. I was 3 for 4. Oh, all right, all right. You're up 3-2. I can still win this. All right. right. Brick Heck. Oh, dude. That's my man. Oh, that's that's a character from the middle, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. He's the youngest, so you win this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lenny Levy. Lenny Levy. I do not know. I'll go with uh, character. Nope, pirate. All right, four, 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 four out of four seven. You win. All right, in pirates fashion. I won the World Series in six games. There we seven. go. No, no, because oh, I didn't need six, to play. But, yeah, yeah, we okay. just let you have the seven. Oh, sure. All right. Um, so we will round it up here, Alex. Uh, we just had some fun, but I want to have a little. We need. We need to have a little serious talk. So, not really serious, but okay. Um, so Neil Huntington and his press conference, his final one of the season on Sunday. Talked. Uh, he he actually like said a lot. I thought he was very, very open 
more than he has. It was the been. last one of the year. Yeah. What's he got to lose? Exactly. So see you um, Jagoffs in, you know, February. Yeah. So he talked about a boatload of things, but I think the biggest quote to me that stood out was he said that had the Pirates just won one more game every month, that they would be, you know, right in the thick of the postseason race, which is statistically true. So immediately after the press conference, I ran you down, and I was like, I made a Clay Holmes joke. Yeah. It didn't land for you. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Swing and a miss. All right. But um, in all seriousness, what I did think about was the conversation we had a couple episodes back about Clint Hurdle and how – we both agreed that his managerial decisions cost this team wins more than it did earn this team wins. And my question to you is, do you think throughout the entire year, if we look back on it, we could find a spot where Hurdle once a month costs this team a win? Sink or float? I think that, that floats. I'm going to cop out with this answer. Is there a game every month where I looked at it and said, Clint Hurdle made a terrible decision mid-game or a decision that I very much disagreed with, and that probably cost him the game? Yes. However, there are other ways a manager could be. That doesn't mean all the games that, A, Clint probably won with a good decision, like that game in St. Louis whenever he brought in Felipe. In the eighth inning, I think that was a game of him being aggressive, and that worked. He won that game with a gutsy managerial decision. That doesn't count, you know, game prep, keeping the clubhouse yeah. loose. But so, and if your answer is, could I find one game, or if your question is, can I find one game a month where Clint Hurdle cost the Pirates a win, I would say that floats. But Overall, sink. He is not the equivalent of a sick, negative six war manager. That's what I was about to ask. Is he the equivalent of a negative six war manager? Where I don't know if he's negative six, but I would say he is in the negatives. I would say negative three. That seems no. Really? I'm gonna go with about replacement level. Okay. Fair enough. See, I just look back at it, and I just think of different instances where, you know, we had Clay Holmes gate one and two. One and two. Um, we had the whole S-Rod thing. We had not putting Dickerson. Sean Rodriguez, I said it. Yeah, there you go. Um, we had not batting Dickerson leadoff until July. I mean, there are just so many things that, like, were just obvious no-brainer. Either don't do that, or you should be doing this, and it just... For some reason, it didn't happen. And I don't know. To me, I felt like there was at least once every month. And you probably do that with with baseball having so many games. You could probably do that for every manager. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, unlike other managers who are going to be in the postseason, uh, they have more moments that you can point to and say, well, he made up for it here, 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 here. Hurdle, it's a lot more difficult. I know that you can do that with Hurdle. There have been bright moments for him, but it's a lot more difficult to do that for Clint than it is for pretty much any team that's still able to make the postseason. One of my favorite series that I do at the end of the year is just counting down the 10 best of the 10 worst wins and losses of the year. Oh. And whenever it's the best wins, it's, you know, someone came through in the ninth inning or the 11th inning or whatever. Great mm. big hit or, you know, a relief pitcher went two or three shutout frames to keep it close. But in the losses, you know, that's like, what was Clint Hurdle doing? I think that's kind of Clint's problem. He's, it's like a kicker in football. Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever you miss a field goal, it's like, oh, well, that's why, you know, the game was close because he missed the field goal. But if he kicked the field goal, well, that's what you were supposed to do. There's... No, there's no yeah. war to your risk. Yeah. I mean, you're just, whenever you fail, that sticks out so much more than whenever you succeed. And that's how it is in the podcast business. So, with that being said, let if we're failing, don't let us know. Let us know if you like it, though. Yeah. Uh, where can you find us on Twitter, Alex? Uh, you can find me at Alex J. Stumpf, and you can find you at Noah underscore 
underscore Hiles95. That's absolutely right. Any closing remarks? There's no fighting in the podcast. There's no fighting in the bleachers! There's no fighting on the bleachers! Alright, um, yeah, that's all we got for Alex Stump. I'm Noah Hiles signing off saying thank you for listening once again. We have our season recap episode coming up next week, um, and we're going to sign off. Oh, also, be sure to tune in on Saturday on the old school station, KDKA, 1020 AM, I will be hosting the Pirates pre- and post-game show. So give your boy a listen. Let me know that you're listening. I would really appreciate that. Um, I know the Pirates don't have much to play for right now, but I maybe Saturday will be the game that they uh, make it official, 81 win season. I hope they do it before then, but if not, it'll be fun. I'm excited for the opportunity. I hope you can all, uh, you know, join in and listen to my voice one more time a week. I know that's tough for some, but I would love it if you did. That's all I got. That's all Alex has got. That's all everyone's got. Uh, We're signing off, as always, saying let's go Bucks.